You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Off and running on a Saturday, June 11th. Hey, how's everybody feeling? How's everybody living? How is everybody dealing? Getting ready for a big game six tonight. Rangers lightning our coverage gets underway 7 o'clock tonight right here on 98.7 FM. So we are locked and loaded in for the next four hours. Of course, this is the Gordon Damer Show. This is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. And, of course, on the uh, all-new ESPN New York app, sensational. You love it. You use it. Uh, The number you know, you use that as well, 1-800-919-ESPN. Of course, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer, on TikTok, uh, at Old Man Radio. But most importantly, you can find me uh, right here on your radio until, again, 7 o'clock tonight, Rangers Lightning. And it's a must win, right? This is, the, this is the situation the Rangers thrive the best, at least they have so far in the playoffs. It's win or go home. Which well, Actually, technically, the Rangers are going home either way. It's just a matter of whether or not the Lightning will be coming back to the Garden with them for Game 7. But, uh, boy, what – I know I say this a lot, but, boy, what a difference a week makes. Right. Remember a week ago, cast your mind, close. Well, not maybe not if you're driving, but if you're just, you know, listening to the radio and not driving, close your eyes and just think back to where we were just one little week ago. Ranger fans were rolling. Ranger fans were living the dream. Everybody was jealous of the Ranger fan, right up 2-0 in the series. This after winning Game 7 on the road in the previous series against Carolina. Flying high. And it wasn't just that the immediate felt great, which it did, but it felt like all the pieces were lining up, almost like a lock. You know, the key goes in the lock and everything lines up and it perfectly. Team peaking at the right time. The kid line was playing fantastic. The power play was electric. Shesterkin was was playing out of his mind. The garden was rocking and rolling. Shesterkin was so good, I came close to actually correctly spelling Shesterkin. That's how many times I've been trying to write it up. It's been amazing. The stars were stepping up. Everything just felt like it was all falling into place. And as I pointed out last week, it was great for the Ranger fan. This is what you want, right? Like, it's not, yes, you always want your team to win a championship, But it's not just about winning a championship. There there are better ways than others to see your team win a championship. And the unexpected championship, the championship that comes before you thought you haven't had to go through all the You haven't had to go through the painful losses. And it all just falls together perfectly. Those championships, oh my God, there's nothing like those. So a week ago, Ranger fans were living the dream and as I pointed out last, on the Saturday show last week, Islander fans, they were grabbing the, the, the sports go bag and getting off the grid. They were going underground, man. They were getting out of town because even they saw what was, what, what was coming. Even they saw what was slowly turning into reality. And let's not have revisionist history because I know when we open the phones at 1-800-919-ESPN, you know, maybe some Islander fans who called last week will call. No, I, I always knew that the Rangers would come up short. I always knew. No, 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 no. I keep the receipts. Last week, it was a steady stream of Islander fans saying, you know what? No, I knew this was going to happen. 
I put money on the Rangers to win it all just to kind of ease my suffering to a certain degree. I'd be more than happy to lose that money just to watch them lose. There was nobody that called up last week with the Rangers up 2-0 in that series, with everything clicking and falling into place the way that it was. The fact that teams in the conference finals up 2-0 were like 92-7 and or something ridiculous like that of going to the cup final. Not one single person was saying that. I don't think this is the year for the Rangers. They were holding out hope that it wasn't going to be. But they, they, were, they, they knew the reality that was facing them and nobody was denying it at that point. So Ranger fans a week ago were living the dream. The Islander fan was, was living underground. But then, of course, Sunday, Game 3 in Tampa, 2-0 series lead, 2-0 game lead. And Ranger fan could see the finish line, right? You go up 3-0. Nobody's ever come back from down 3-0, down 0-3 in, a, in, a, in an NHL series. You could see the finish line. You could see the cup final staring you right in the face. It was all falling into place. You could taste it. And then you let game three slip away. And, and they absolutely, you know, at the time, again, no revisionist history. At the time, it was clear, yes, you absolutely blew a golden opportunity. The only question was, was it going to come back to bite you? But after game three, people, I heard people, oh, well, you know, we knew it wasn't going to be easy, you know? We couldn't expect to sweep. This is the lightning we're playing. It wasn't going to be easy. We knew it was going to be a tough. They were, they were a proud champion. They're not going to go down without a fight. It's not that bad, you know. Yes, we lost game three. Yes, we had a 2 nothing lead in that game, and you'd like to be able to finish that one off. But that's not so bad. That's, it's okay. All we have to do is get one down there. And then came game four, and you did not get game four. You lost 4-1. And I heard the, the, the reasoning, well, we still have home ice. We are a completely different team at the Garden. We've won eight straight games at the Garden. We can't be beat at the Garden. The Garden crowd. Plus, let's just get Strom back. Let's just get Philip Heedle back. We're good. We're, we're still fine. This is st- we're still in good spot. You still, you still like where the Rangers are at because you just took the Lightning's best punch. They're not going to have any more than that the next game, right? And, and again, home ice has been so important, and we still have the home ice. And then game five, and you lose again. And now you're down 3-2, having lost three straight. It's not a great position to be in, but I still hear quite a bit, Ranger fans, while the, the, the confidence is waning, I still hear that, this is when we excel. We were down 3-1 in the first series. We were down 3-2 in the second series. This is when we play our best. And you still have a good portion of the fan base, it feels like, that are, are, are repeating that almost as a mantra, as a blanket to protect themselves from what is going on. There's no quit in New York. We've been down before. We play best when we're desperate. And they, ju- they simply just got a win on our home ice, and now we just simply have to go and, and get a win on their home ice. So there is a part of the fan base that is that. And I would say the, the majority of the fan base that I've heard sounds say similar things to that. We've been down before. We're, 
This is where we play our best. And then there, there's a, a, a minority of the fan base, but I think a growing portion of the fan base, and if, obviously if they ever lose tonight, it will be the entire fan base that have already kind of cashed in the chips and say, it's over, <laughs> and are almost trying to rationalize it in a way, well, you know, we really weren't supposed to be here. This is the two-time defense. There's no shame in, in losing to the two-time champs. This is a young group. We're going to get back. We, we, you know, this is just taking the lumps. This is, this is the process. You know, you got to lose to know how to win, as Aerosmith sang uh, back in the day. There's no shame in, in, in losing to, to a great championship team like the Lightning. But I don't know. I think, you, I think at this point, if you're a Ranger fan, and I'm not, I have no dog in this fight. I am just simply a, a sports observer. Have enjoyed it. I want a game seven because I want to see, you know, I want to see more of this. With all due respect to the Lightning and the, uh, the Avalanche. Yeah, the Avalanche. I'm not really going to be all that invested. In fact, if the Rangers lose this series, I am willing in solidarity to the Ranger fan to boycott the NHL Stanley Cup final. How's that, huh? Isn't that, isn't that standing in solidarity with you? So I don't really care about the next series if it does not include the Rangers. So I want to see a Game 7 back at the Garden. The Garden will be rocking, and the Ranger fan will feel real reborn after, you know, losing three straight games, but you win Game 6 down there. You got to Everybody's got to be back on the bandwagon. That bandwagon, it was jam-packed for a little while, but it, it's starting. There's, I'm starting to see some gaps. I'm starting to see some seats available on the bandwagon. So we'll see what happens tonight. So I simply say to the Ranger fan, where if you are one of those people that feels like it's already doom and gloom, where do you think the series got away? Are you a Ranger fan that's keeping the faith? Or... Has it gotten so bad for the Ranger fan, I'm wondering if the Islander fan has started to kind of come out of their, what would you call it, bomb shelter? You know, like their sports, but their, their, their shelter, their sports shelter where they have taken up residency for a good solid week thinking that the worst was here, that the doomsday clock was about to go off for them, watching their hated crosstown rival not only head to the cup final, but accomplish what the Islander fan didn't see their team accomplish in the last two years. So, oh my goodness, it is the Gordon Dammer show. Look, look how excited he is. Uh, hey, did I tell you, Ranger fans, pay attention. The Rangers obviously headed to Tampa Bay for an all-important Eastern Conference Finals Game 6 showdown with the Lightning tonight. If the Rangers win, the series comes back to New York for Game 7. Don't miss your chance to join thousands of fans at Madison Square Garden for a special viewing party. Tickets start at just 10 bucks. Proceeds benefit the Garden of Dreams Foundation and Covenant House. Visit NewYorkRangers.com slash playoffs for more information. Uh, yes, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. And just to, you know, I hear things and I feel like, do you watch TV? My wife hates when I do this. But somebody will say something on TV and then I start talking to the TV. I respond to what I just heard on the TV. So I heard Greeny talking about if, if Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs this year, would you consider him the, the, the legitimate home run champ? And I would not because I saw, you know, I saw what Barry Bonds did. But, you know, if baseball ever really wanted a, a way around that, it's very simple. 
All they got to do is start screwing with the baseballs again. It's clear in our lifetime, baseball has dictated home run totals in in their game by screwing around with the baseballs left and right. And we do not consider that cheating, right? So all they have to do is screw around with the baseballs, do it to a higher degree than they've done in the past. And I think they could even do it this year. Start, find some of those old baseballs they were using a couple of years ago while everybody was going opposite field and hitting 400-foot home runs and, and bring those back into the game. Aaron, meet Aaron Judge halfway. Meet him halfway across the sky, as Kenny Loggins once sang. All you got to do is meet him halfway, and he might be able to take care of that for you. And then we can have another serious round of ridiculous things said by people about how much Aaron Judge is going to get paid after this season. But we'll get into that later. We're talking about the Rangers, people. It's Rangers time. It's game six tonight, hopefully a game seven. When would game seven be? Do we know that? I've not, I've not, I've not done – I'm so – I'm so focused on the now. I'm not looking down the road. You know, there is no tomorrow. Yes, it's on Monday, Gordon. It's on Monday, of course. Why wouldn't it be on Monday? And we'll have that game right here for you on 98.7 FM. And our pregame tonight starts at 7 o'clock. Don LaGreca on the pregame tonight? Do we know that? Don LaGreca on the call? No, he wouldn't be on the call. No, not on the call. Is he doing the pregame? Oh, yeah, he'll definitely do the pregame. He's definitely doing the pregame. All right, so there you go. That's tonight all will be Kenny and Dave Maloney uh, doing okay. the play-by-play. So we got we got you covered in every aspect. Uh, you know what? That's one other thing I got to mention before we get to the calls. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. Actually, correction: the game will, game set will be on Tuesday. See, that's why that's why I don't like to get ahead of myself. Tuesday will be game seven, and even though it's on Tuesday, we'll still have the call for you here. All the the previous things I said about it still apply. Before we get to the calls and before we get to Game 6, I, I wanted to just address uh, that video that has been everywhere. Game 5 ends, uh, the, the, the video you've seen, the Ranger fan uh, knocking out uh, that Tampa Bay Lightning fan, just, just knocking him out cold. And that video, I mean, you cannot get away from that video. It's been everywhere. And it's just, you know, I'll just repeat what most people have said. It's disgusting, right? It's obviously a criminal act. Uh, and the fact that, like, the first reaction to it is, well, he has been banned from the garden. Well, that's good to know. If I ever run into this animal, I'll make sure to run to the garden so I, I know he can't get me. Uh, I, don't, I don't really care that he's been banned from the garden as much as <laughs> I want to make sure that the guy actually gets punished by go. I mean, like, how many times do you think that guy's going to the garden in a year? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think it's that odd. Is that a season ticket holder? I'm not sure. I don't know that that's the appropriate punishment for nearly killing a guy. Well, he didn't kill a guy. It wasn't for a lack of trying. I mean, if you, if you said, I, you got to try and kill this guy with one punch, I think that's what it would look like. And then I saw his lawyer after, uh, you know, on one of the news channels, well, we don't want to rush to judgment. I don't know. I think this is one of those ones that yeah, can actually rush to judgment. I don't think that, I don't think we need to slow judgment. I think judgment is pretty clear cut. But, you know, look, a lot has been said about it, and uh, th- th- there's a lot of it that, you know, obviously I would agree with. That's a criminal act. There's nothing that th- – th- there's no excuse for, for something like that. But I should say, because you hear things like this, and, and it always goes in weird areas, this has nothing. This is n- everybody always has to extrapolate it out. <laughs> to, well, what does this mean for society? What does this mean for the country? What does this mean for the world? This has nothing to do with Ranger fans. This has nothing to do with the Garden. Even though it was a Ranger fan that did it, I get it. 
It has nothing to do with the garden, even though the garden is technically where it took place. This is not a hockey thing, even though it technically was after a hockey game. This has nothing to do with a lot of things people are trying to bring into it to make it seem like it has something to do. Sometimes it's just this. Sometimes it doesn't have to do with that. So this has nothing to do with internet gambling. (laughs) Unfortunately, and if we all have a memory longer than a goldfish, we know this has been going on. If you've gone to sports games for a while, not like the last like three years, you know this has been going on for a very long time. I've told this story before. I remember being as a kid, like 81, 82, going to a Yankee game. We had really good seats. My mother worked for a company. They had really good seats. We were sitting really close. And, and it was a Yankee-Red Sox game. And somebody was lighting a Red Sox hat, cap, on fire while the game was going on. And it wasn't like anybody rushed to the scene. It just took place. It was just part of the, the, the ambiance of the moment. So this has been stuff that, that goes on has been going on for a very long time. So we don't have to make this out like this is some escalation that has not taken place before. The only difference that I can see, and maybe I'm wrong, the only difference now is there are cameras. Everybody's got a camera in their pocket, and scenes like that will seem more prevalent because now we got to see it. But that type of stuff has been going on. People are not any worse now. Fans are not worse. That guy's action do not speak for the, for the fan base. But, I mean, you know this. We all know that. Like, the blue seats, I knew. I, I didn't go to a lot of Ranger games, not a hockey fan, but the blue seats, back in the day, we knew that, that you know, st- stuff like that happened. And it wasn't exclusive to the blue seats. It was the black hole in Oakland. It was Dodger Stadium. It was basically anywhere in Philadelphia. It's not a sports thing. It's not a fan base thing. It's not an American thing. It's, uh, sadly, it's a sports thing. And the only reason why it seems worse now is because we can see it. And the only reason why we can see it now is not because we're there, but because everybody's got a camera in their pocket and more of those type of scenes get caught and more coverage of it. Uh, So thankfully, hopefully the victim is okay. Hopefully, thankfully, that criminal goes to jail. But let's not, you know, like, not, let's not make everything a federal case. Like, not everything has to be, well, this happened, so this means that. Sometimes this just means this. And I think that this is just one of those examples. This guy was a maniac, did something that was criminal, and hopefully he gets punished appropriately. And to me, and I think to everybody, punishment has to be more than, he just can't go back to, he's not going to get to see Billy Joel next month. I think it has to be a little bit more significant than that. Uh, all right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Ranger fans, Islander fans, you know me. I'm about bringing people together. Let's go to the phone, shall we? Uh, let's go to uh, Steve is in Westchester. Steve, what's going on, pal? Hey, Gordon. How you doing, bud? I'm good, man. What's going on? Just want to say, uh, for somebody who's not a hockey fan and not a Rangers fan, you did a fantastic job of illustrating uh, the emotions, um, rational or irrational, that Ranger fans are going through right now. Uh, I, so I hear you, Steve. Thank you. I got for, you. Yeah. So, so I do just want to point out a couple of things here, okay? Any rational Rangers fan, okay, facing the Tampa Bay Lightning who – swept the number one seed highest scoring team in the NHL in four games while giving up three goals before this series would have signed up to be in the position we're in right now. 
Okay. Now, obviously, after we won game one and two, yeah, this hurts. But just taking a step back and looking, going into this series, would a Ranger fan sign up for this? My guess is yes. Okay. And one thing that we have learned is that we can skate with the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Okay, the scary thing about Tampa Bay, and a lot of people this year discounted them, right, because their coach, John Cooper, admitted to putting them out there at about 70% for the first 70 games of the season and then unleashing them at the end just because they knew all they need to do is get to the playoffs. They don't care about home advantage or whatnot. You know, they just know how good they are. They've got the second best goalie in the world after hours. Okay. But look, we could skate with this team. We've shown that I'm going to be a nervous wreck at this game tonight. Again, I would have signed up for this before the series. And I'll tell you this. I will not be surprised if we win. I will not be surprised if we lose. It's a toss up. It's literally a puck hitting a post or hitting a post and going in. That's what's going to decide these games. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Steve, I, I got to agree with you. Uh, again, uh, I'm not the, the I'm not the Stan Fischler, but it seems like you know. Obviously, Game Four is a little bit different, but these have been very close games. You know, you lose Game Three by a goal, you lose Game Five essentially by. I know they had the empty netter, but essentially by a goal. So these are very close games where the opportunities are uh, few and far between, and you have to – it's about capitalizing in that moment, right? Uh, the Strom sitting right there on the doorstep, not being able to put it in. That's what it's about. It's about a post. It's about a crossbar. So uh, we'll see. I do think, while I don't like the position the Rangers are in, at least you know that you have to go down fighting, right? Like the rate <laughs> – I don't know. I don't know enough about it to tell you that the Rangers maybe have gotten a little conservative or more conservative since being up 2-0 in the series. Because overall, it feels like the Lightning have just kind of gotten their legs and have rounded into form, and that maybe they are just the better team. But if you're down 3-2, and you know you got to win this game. The Rangers have played their best when they've been desperate because I think they don't hold anything back. And maybe when they've had the lead, they, there's, a, there's a more of a, of a conservative approach. So you know that they, they can't be conservative tonight. We've seen what happens if they play conservatively. Uh, they're not going to win. they gotta, they got to shoot the puck. They need their stars to, to come out and shine tonight. And there's no holding back. So at least you go down swinging, right? Like it, I would almost rather lose the game with, with – throwing everything at it than just trying to keep it close and look for an opportunity late because if this is a 1-1 game third period the longer it stays like a close tight game the more confidence you're probably going to have in the two-time defending cup champions at home pulling out the win but that's just me Corey is in Manalapan Corey you're next up on the Gordon Damer show hey thanks for taking my phone call you know you were talking about um the gentleman I don't know if I even call him a gentleman. It's who hit the who hit yeah, the punk. Uh, right. hit the uh, yeah hit the other guy, and you know, um, going to games, I, you started to dwell my memory, and um, I went. I can tell you two instances. I'm a big Giant fan, and I'm a big Yankee fan. So, uh, I went to. I was lucky enough. I'm old enough that I went to a Yankee playoff game in in Boston against the Yankees, Boston. 
Mm-hmm. And I always said to my brother, you know, we're going to get killed here. <laughs> These guys, you know, we're wearing Yankee shirts. I was wearing a Thurman Munson shirt. But, you know, and they were great. They, you know, it was give and take. It was great. You know, whatever. It was amazing. On the on the flip side, my friend had season tickets to the Eagles, and I'm a Giants fan. Now, I didn't wear, now the thing, I don't know why, but I didn't wear anything. I didn't wear any jersey to the Eagle game. But I got to tell you, uh, during the game, uh, it was sitting there. And my, now, my friend knows everybody in the section. He's season ticket holder. You know, he says he introduced me to everybody. But to make a long story short, and just not to take up your time, but the guy behind me, when the Giants scored, I said, you know, yeah, you know, to myself. Not wow. expressing a big. Right. Right. And the guy gloating. behind me said, hey, he, yeah, he stands up and he, he's drunk and he's screaming. We got a effing giant fan here, and my friend. And no, I'm not a small guy, and my friend's not a small guy either. You know, I mean, but I, I'm just saying. So my friend did the smart thing. He just walked over to an usher, and he said, "Listen, before there's an before there's an incident, and I could be the one who causes the incident. You got to take this guy out." And as they took the guy away. Uh, everybody in the in the section clapped. So that's what I'm saying. It's it's a whole. It's amazing the things that you know. You got to be afraid to go to these events now. I I can't do that. I'm going to listen to you. I thank you for taking my call. All right, Corey. Well, look. I, you know, to me, it's not really a, a fan base thing. Usually, I, I certainly don't. And and it's strange to me when people are like, oh, see, Ranger fan base. I actually think it's a, it was a good statement about the Ranger fan base that Ranger fans are primarily, you know, that's who's mostly there. The, as soon as the guy got knocked out, that's who came to the to, to his aid. And I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming it was probably a Ranger fan. He, the, 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 the one guy punched somebody else when they were trying to prevent him from getting away. I'm assuming that person was also a Ranger fan. So, uh, and... And again, I don't, you know, Garden doesn't need me to defend him, but th- at least they came out with a statement about it. When when that thing happened at Yankee Stadium against the Indians, remember the, the fans, the animals throwing stuff on the field? Um, I don't remember the Yankees ever making a statement saying that that type of, of action is uh, is deplorable. I wanted to see those people found out and and make sure that they can't get back into. Now, that's not as serious as, as laying somebody out and nearly, you know, decapitating them pretty much, trying to, you know, take his head off, but. I don't think it's a fan base thing. I don't think it's a uh, you know a specific stadium thing or a sport thing. I think it's an idiot thing. There are idiots in life. You run into them, and it does feel like they're multiplying. I will grant you that, but I don't think I think it it's, it speaks to that one person. It does not speak to uh, everybody that was there. Rob is in Staten Island. Rob, you're next up on the Gordon Dammer Show. Hey, Gordon, how's it going? Good afternoon. Happy Good. Saturday. What's going on, Rob? So I was lucky enough to be at the game two nights ago um, and lucky enough to be standing. Well, I don't know if you call it lucky, but I was standing <laughs> next to the guy a, who got knocked That's the out. right word. So yeah, I could give you, give you some perspective there. So I don't know. I'm sure you've been to the garden. Those are people that have been, been to the garden. You know, when you exit the garden, you walk down those stairs to you exit mm-hmm. to the lobby. And both of these guys are going back and forth the entire way down the stairs, yelling up and down at each other, up and down at each other. Now, obviously, no one ever deserves to get hit, but this guy and his two friends were really, well, they were looking for a fight. They were calling out every Ranger fan around them. You guys don't deserve to be here. We're going to end it in Tampa. And they were really egging this guy on. So when you exit down to the lobby, I actually took a couple steps back because everybody around, could get, there was just this feeling in the air that it was going to happen. Right. Um, and for well, a good 30 and, and, seconds, and again, got, back and it, just to back up your point, 
the guy did have his camera yeah. out already. You know what I mean? Like maybe he was just videotaping the scene, but it wasn't like he swung around late. I mean, he had the guy, the guy did have the guy's, the camera right on the incident when it happened. Yeah, you could tell the guy in the red. I mean, one, you're in a red shirt. You stand out, you know, for, for everything. It's not like you'd be able to right. get away. Um, you could tell he was a bit belligerent, but he was looking for a fight. The other guy was looking for a fight. And I guess one point is, if you're not looking to get into a fight at a sports event, at a Rangers game, it's very easy to avoid. Now, obviously, the guy didn't deserve to get knocked out. He was no, the hardest I've ever seen somebody hit in my life. But uh, I won't say that he was all full free of blame as well because, well, he was trying to instigate something. So Right, yeah. Well, and look, Rob, he, he got his punishment, right? And, and, and thanks for the phone call. There, there, is, a, there is a line um, that... Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. And, and anytime you say that, people will say, well, is that, does that make it right? No, of course it doesn't make it right. That guy who, who threw the punch should go to jail. But I'm just saying that if you had hindsight for the guy who got laid out, do you think that he would probably like to avoid that situation? If you could go back in time and avoid that situation, uh, I think if there's any – everybody always has to have what the lessons learned are. Just because you can gloat and, and, and you know, it would be one thing if you were going at it with your buddies, right? If you're with a group of people and you have two, you know, fan bases in the group and you're, you're, you're going back and forth. But just be doing it with random strangers, you know, what's the line? Mess around and find out? I mean, yeah, there, there is something to be said for in, in the future. If you're going to take any lesson out of this, just because you can do something – rub it in the, the, the opposing fan base's face, doesn't mean you necessarily should do that. That would be the lesson that I would take away, especially for me. I have a very delicate look. My look would not handle a giant punch to the face quite nearly as, quite nearly as well. I can, tell you that from, I can tell you that pretty much right off the bat. Gordon Dare Show, one hour down, three more to go as we take you up until 7 o'clock tonight. Rangers, Lightning, Game 6, our coverage at 7 o'clock right here. Don LaGreca will take you for the hour before the game, and then, of course, the game comes up at 8 o'clock. So lock it in, people. Lock it down. Get what you need to, you know, get out and about today so that by 7 o'clock tonight, you're home, you're ready to go, you're, you're where you need to be to take in this game number 6. And, and for me, I don't know, maybe people are different, and it always is weird to me, people that like to watch sporting events with a group of people. They like to go to a bar, they like to go to a venue, not necessarily the game, obviously the game you like to see live, but if, if I can't go to the game, I actually, at this age now, I actually don't like to go, to, I like to be by myself, with the TV, all alone, door closed, so I can focus and I don't have anybody... That's one of the things I hate about the Super Bowl. There's always somebody there talking, oh, what's the commercials like? Who's the halftime show? I don't, I don't. Now, luckily for me, I'm a Dolphin fan, so my team is never, my team is never involved in the Super Bowl. I'm very lucky that way. But I don't know. Whatever your process is for tonight, make sure you got it all done in the course of the day so that at 7 o'clock tonight you can lock it in right here on 98.7 FM. All right, so I wanted to talk a little Yankees, a little Mets, because the season's going on here. Everything's going well. Everything, you're, you're, this is the beauty of the baseball season when you got a really good team, and it's been a very long time since we've had a Met team this good, very long time since we've had a Yankee team this good. 
But this is the beauty of having a really good baseball team is like every day, you kinda, it's almost like the, the team wins every day. You feel like everything's going along well every single day. Mets scoring runs early every single day. Yankees finding ways to win every single day. So we'll talk Mets with uh, Pat Rangazzo uh, probably like 6.30 night. In the 6 o'clock hour, we'll definitely talk to him. Um, but the Mets road trip, this perceived gauntlet of a road trip. Have you, I mean, have you heard? The, oh, my God. This, this group of games that the Mets have. Oh, they have to go to Los Angeles and play the Dodgers. They have to play the Padres in San Diego. Oh, my goodness. They have to then play the Angels. Oh, my God. Oh, how are they going to do this? How, how are they expected to do all this? They're, they're baseball teams. That's what, that's what baseball teams do. They sometimes play games at home. Sometimes they play games on the road. Sometimes they go out west and they play a bunch of teams, and then they come back, and then they play a bunch of teams at home. This is, this is the schedule. It's almost the, 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 perce- the, um, the, the, the way people are, are making it out like this road trip is, is like people with the Jets. Oh, my God, the Jets have to play the AFC North four straight times. Well, yes, there, there are NFL teams. It's a little weird, I'll admit. It's a little strange that you're playing an entire um, division for the first four games, but it's not any, any great shakes. Yeah, the NFC, well, like the NFC North is a division of football. It's not, I don't think it's the best division of football. I think that's the AFC West. I don't think it's the worst division of football. It's probably the NFC East. But it's a division, yeah, that's what, that's what you got to do. That's what the schedule's about. You have to play other, the other teams. The NFL, you have to play other NFL teams. In baseball, you have to play other baseball teams. Because, like, when people are making it out like this is this some gauntlet to the Mets, oh, this gauntlet of fire, them, the Dodgers are really good, right? The Dodgers, if you had to say teams right now that are the real contenders this year to win it all, Dodgers would, be, I would put four teams in that group. Yankees, Mets, Astros, Dodgers. Those are the four that I would say have separated themselves from everybody else. The Padres are pretty good, and the Mets did lose two or three to them. A little disappointing, but it's not the end of the world. Uh, Mets split against the Dodgers. They, they lost the first two games, did not look competitive, and then came back and won the t- last two games and looked really good. So, yeah, things are going about as long as uh, you would expect. Now they play the Angels, who are, I mean, talk about falling off the map. Oh, my God. I mean, talk about imploding. Just when everybody, well, you look at this, the Angels will finally get them back in the playoffs. <laughs> Apparently not. But after you get done with the terrible Angels, you come home, you play the Brewers, who have struggled. They have a bunch of pitching issues. Uh, then you start playing the Marlins, and then you play the Astros, who are really good. I think you play the Astros there first and then home. You play the Astros two separate series, and the Marlins are, are put in between. So this, this, uh, this gauntlet of games, I don't know. It just seems like a bunch of – you play the Dodgers. That's, that's who you play, and, yeah, and you'll have to eventually play the Astros. It's not exactly murderer's row. And at that point, it takes you to, the, to July, at which time you'd like to – after the reports you get this week – from Pat Rangazzo, who we'll talk in the 6 o'clock hour with. Uh, it looks like Max Scherzer is ahead of schedule. And it looks like everything is progressing along well with Jacob deGrom. And if you get to July, you would think that those guys will probably, if, if not back by that point, probably are right around the corner. And to me, the real headline is deGrom. Because to me, it just feels like this whole process has been kind of murky. Like everything that happened last year with the different injuries, it never really felt like you had a real clear cut, okay, this is now over and now he can start to ramp up. Again, even before he got shut down in July, he had three different things that happened to him last year and he has not pitched since last July. And then this year, 
as soon as it seems like he picks up a baseball and starts throwing it, he's got another issue, a new issue, a different issue. So the, the amount of time that he's been away and how long it has taken just this year, never mind last, throw out last year, uh, it, it's, it's, um, it just seems a little murky to me. And it's great. It's great for the game. It's great for the Mets. It's great for the sport that it looks like everything is progressing along as it should. But it, there is, and I think everybody understands this, there's an enormous amount that's riding on this. And the impact that he has on the team if with Jacob deGrom, the Mets are a legitimate World Series contender this year. Without him, I don't know. Like, look, they've played great so far, but I think everybody's expectation is, yeah, they've played great so far, and eventually they're going to get back the guy who, when he last pitched, was the best pitcher in baseball. That, that has always been part of it. I don't know that the Mets, even if they just were to get Scherzer back, are still, like I gave you those four teams that I think are kind of separated themselves, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Astros, and the Mets. If Jacob deGrom does not come back or does not stay back, then I'm not so sure that the Mets are that World Series contender. That's a big piece to lose. And everything along the way has been based on the fact that he is eventually going to be back and stay back. That's, that's the real... It's not just it's like uh, it's not about making the reservation. It's about holding the reservation on Seinfeld. It's not about just Jacob deGrom coming back. It's about him staying back. And he has not shown that ability last year or at least so far this year. And I think that like it's been an amazing ride. And the thing you've heard about from Met fans this year and not just Met fans, but people observe the sport is this Mets team is different. It feels different. This is different than it's been. This is not the same Mets team that gets off to the good start. This is not the same Mets team that we've been disappointed in in the past. DeGrom actually coming back and staying healthy, to me, would be a better sign than all the other things that people usually point to, that things are truly different now. Yeah, it's great that you have an actual owner who will actually spend on his actual team rather than you know what we saw with the Wilpons. And it's great that the Mets have a real manager now who knows what he's doing and gives you an edge every single night. And it's great that there's a better roster now. And it's great that they've gotten off to this great start. And the offense is unbelievable. And Pete Alonso is playing at, a, at an MVP-type level. But for me to truly believe, like, because you know in the old days, there, there have been good things. It's not all been doom and gloom for the Mets in the past. They've, they've had good seasons and they've won games. But there always seems like there's that other shoe that drops. So for me, if Jacob DeGrom is able to come back, and it seems like all signs are pointing that way, if he's able to come back and stay back, and the injury bug is now a thing of the past, to me, more so than anything else, that will be a sign that, you know what? Yes, this Mets team is different. Because in the past, somebody of his level, not even of his level, because there's been very few players that have been at his level, but a good player comes back, and you know what happens. They get hurt again. And you would have to say, and I'll bring this up with Pat later on, if DeGrom does come back and pitches for a while and then gets hurt again, you know what that means. That means that he, you're not going to be able to count on him the rest of the way. And it's almost certain that you will not have him the rest of the way. Think about how long it has taken him to overcome this injury from spring training. If there are any speed bumps along the way, if there's any potholes that he hits along the way, 
you can pretty much guarantee that 2022, the Mets season, however it goes, it will go there without Jacob deGrom. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get your Met phone calls. We'll talk a little Yankees with Aaron Judge. And the accomplishment that the Yankees have done. Everybody is looking for a way to properly highlight what the Yankees have done this year. How amazing it has been. There is one aspect that everybody knows, but nobody has actually pointed out. And I'll tell you what it is next. Brian Jacob are in today. Five o'clock, of course, we have what I learned on TikTok this week. We'll run them both through the, the ringer here. And um, any help that Jacob can get, he is certainly, he's, he's open to it. So I, I have another question for you. This is not what I learned on TikTok. This is just something that I've floated within my family. You see if, it, if this makes any sense to you, all right? You guys ready for this? Okay. All right. So Thursday night, Larry is going to fly solo because Thursday night, I am taking the entire family to see Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney's Ooh. playing MetLife. Okay. So we're taking the whole family. So th- that show is Paul McCartney's final show of this tour. Wow. So that's his final show here. And wow. I think either a day or two later, he will turn 80 years old. Oh, that's... Yeah, that's okay. big. That's something. Yeah, right. That's this. a big birthday, right? Eighty years old. So it's his final show. It's at MetLife. You would think it's been a couple of years, obviously, because of the pandemic since he's done his last show. This very, it's not inconceivable that this is Paul McCartney's final show in North America. Is that fair to say? That's fair. All right. It's not. I'm not like reaching for something. Not at all. Right. No. Okay. Now, I was thinking to myself, you know, he has to have something special planned, <laughs> right? Like when, um, when Billy Joel played the final show at, at Shea, he had Paul McCartney show up because the Beatles and all that type of stuff. So there has to be – if he's going to do something special, what could he do that's special? So I was thinking, I wonder if for his last show – he will have Ringo Starr, the only other surviving Beatle. I was just about to ask that. Okay. So I floated this to my wife. I said, do you think that there's any possibility of this? So I did a little research because Ringo is out on tour right now with his all-star band. Mm. His all-star mm. band uh, on Thursday will have a stopover, I think, in Pencil. They are in Pennsylvania. They do not have a show that night. Oh. I do not believe they have a show the night before or the night after. Oh. I think the the Thursday is the 16th. I don't believe he I think he plays like the 12th and the 19th. He's in Pennsylvania. I'm at this point I have built this up in my own mind so much that if Ringo Starr does not show up to the show at MetLife on Thursday, I will be disappointed. Do you think my hypothesis holds any water, or do you think I'm just this is something I'm creating in my own mind and there's no possibility of this happening? Now, let me ask you a couple of questions. I, I love going to concerts as well. Mm-hmm. I've never been to a Paul McCartney concert. I think that would be amazing to go to, but uh-huh. this, you're probably going to go to his last one, so enjoy it for me vicariously. Okay, will do. <laughs> um, does Ringo Starr management team have like a Twitter or Instagram? That I don't know. I, I would because not think that. I think they probably do. I feel like I have seen tweets from Ringo in the past. Now, I don't know if it's actually Ringo that's tweeting. Yeah, but it's like his team, whatever. His, yeah. uh, you know, uh, his mm-hmm. PR team or whatever. Right. The, re- the reason I asked this is because then you will know for sure if he's coming to MetLife. Well, uh, just an update. Yeah. Uh, about an hour ago. Oh, no. It was reported he tested positive. 
Ringo, Ringo did. Yes. Oh, oh no. no. Jacob. Sorry. Well, it's an outdoor arena. Sorry about that. They, uh, oh, I mean, Jay, you have just. Oh, you just had, I wanted to be on record with this. I wanted to make this prediction ahead of time. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Oh, man. I'm so this sorry is crushing about that. to me. So the uh, I'm just reading this Rolling Stones report and it looks uh-huh. like his uh, final 12 uh, shows have been, have been pushed canceled. Back. To September, yes. So, oh, oh come on! Well, wait, he postponed the remainder of his summer tour after two members of the All Star Band tested positive. Are we sure that he has tested positive? I mean, they say he was forced to postpone it. So, I mean, right? It, he, not well, saying, wait a second. Wait, there, saying, wait, keep hope a alive. He there's has the no, We don't know. I mean, we don't know. It's right. a well, possibility. Look, Thursday, it's a real strong possibility. Right? Yeah, he's he's probably been in, in close quarters with these other people. Um, that does not, well, now he really has a, a wide open window. If, if he gets, if he gets to Thursday and has not tested positive, you would have to think he's, he's not going to get it. Right. Yeah. I feel like this is, I mean, between now and then, yes, is the five I day might period. be so deep down in the wormhole here that I have convinced myself of something that has zero so, chance of positive. So Gordon, for your sake, I wish, I, I hope he does not test for positive for COVID because right. that would be an amazing experience. And I guess your kid, your your son loves the Beatles, right? Like, right. Yeah. Well, they they you know they 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 listen to all the old man radio stuff. You know, <laughs> the dad listens to. So they, they've you know I was raised on the B. We were a Beatles household. So right. you know, we, I feel like you're either a Beatles fan or an Elvis fan. Like you can't be like big into both. So now, we were definitely since you Beatles know more than Paul McCartney than I do, does right. he do like a lot of collabs with some like current artists? Because that would be my other. <sighs> I, I mean, he has done stuff in the past with other people, yeah, but I don't had, know that I, he has done anything, re, you know, like nothing. Like if he brings out a, a, a guest star, there's there's nobody really that like if you're going to that show, you're going for him. You know what I yeah, mean? Of like, course. There, there's yeah, nobody yeah. that you're going to see and saying, hey, I want, you know. Uh, you know, there's no real connect to me. That was like the per- and then when I saw that is that Ringo's tour was on the East Coast. I'm like, oh, this, this is lined up perfectly. <laughs> I think there's still a chance. I think I, you know yeah. what I'm going to just say right now, uh, and keep this piece of audio in case it comes true, and then we can bring it on on Larry's show. Prediction: Thursday night, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr makes an appearance. Ooh, love it. I feel like that's a, 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 and of course uh, the COVID's. I mean, c- darn it, COVID, <laughs> you got me again. <laughs> Jerks. All right, well, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. So that's my plans for Thursday. Big night Thursday. And and now I've already started to think, how do we get out of MetLife Stadium? <laughs> it's like escape from New York. Like, how do we get out? I, I was thinking, I'm like, well, what we should do is Uber. And then I had a, I, I floated that to a couple of people, and they're like, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. That's a, Do that's not a, do that. No, no do no. not. Yeah, that's, that. that's do not everybody's take the, do reaction. Not take, do not take the train. It's no. not even worth it. No. Um. I've been to multiple events at MetLife, and I'm like, ugh. Well, yeah, see, here's I, the thing about Uber for MetLife. The Ubers don't have a different road. You know, they don't have the car the from back to the future. They all go to the same little section. We don't need road. It's all the same road, so I may as well be in my own car. And that's the one thing I always hate about Uber. I always feel like, just let, just let me drive. You know what I mean? Just let me drive the car. I know where I'm going. I just need the car. You sit in the passenger seat. I'll drive. You give me five stars. I give you five stars. We go about our day. But that's not the way it works. All right, uh, let's get into the Yankees a little bit. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. If I could make one plea, if I only had one plea to make, it would be people need to stop making predictions about Aaron Judge's contract. Can we just 
enjoy the moment? Can we just enjoy the moment that we're in? Does anybody do that? Is it always about what's next, what's down the road, what's going to happen after the season, what's going to happen in the play? Is there ever a moment in time where we can enjoy the present moment? Not the past, not the future, just what's going on. Because what's going on right now is amazing. So if we get to the end of the season and Aaron Judge gets a contract with some, we'll, 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 get, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. We'll jump off that bridge when we get to it, okay? Because now the lunacy has reached epic proportion. I heard one per, I heard this week, well, you know what? Maybe he gets a contract for $400 million. I don't even know he's going to get a contract for $300 million. Let's wait and see what happens after the year. I think we're a couple of, if he keeps doing what he's doing, I think we're a couple of weeks away from somebody saying that Hal should just sign over the deed to the Yank, the entire team. Just sign it over. That's the only way. There's nothing to be done. You can't give, you can't offer him a new contract because he doesn't want to hear about it right now. He wants to wait until the season is over, respect his wishes. When the season's over, let's see how the story plays out. And then we'll see who the competition is. Maybe there's competition of teams that you expect, right? Maybe maybe it turns out that um, the Giants, who it seems like everybody is, is tabbing because he's from Northern California and the Giants could certainly sign. Oh, maybe the Giants are the competition. Maybe it's some team we don't know. I mean, this past year, the Rangers signed, uh, what, Corey Seager and, 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 and Marcus Simeon to half a billion dollars. So I don't know who's going to try and sign Aaron Judge. But let's just wait until we get there. And again, it's not really even about the money. It's about the years. That's what it's really about. If they want to sign him to $40 million a season, by all means, just don't sign him to 10 years. And and look, it's already been known. If the Yankees lose him, they'll be held to pay. For all the criticism that Brian Cashman has gotten in his time, nothing. For all the criticism that Hal Steinbrenner has gotten since he's taken over the team, nothing will compare to if the Yankees lose Aaron Judge to another team. It will be sports Armageddon, especially if the Yankees go on and, and Judge wins an MVP. And, and partly that, that, that um, without knowing what the terms are, part of that criticism will be fair because, look, if I have to go and find games on Apple and Amazon and, and, uh, and Peacock, next week's game is on Crackle. <laughs> you have to tune into Tubi this week to watch the if I have to find all and have all these different stupid streaming services yeah the Yankees better not lose um, Aaron Judge to, to Simply Money they better not because he's every if you if you could draw up a guy in a lab that's the perfect guy you would want not just in terms of the player but the way he represents the organization all the different number 99 jerseys the judges quarters and all this other stuff so there's no reason why the Yankees should lose him, and I don't expect them to lose him. I find it very hard to believe, without knowing how the story ends, that Aaron Judge stays healthy this whole season, performs at an MVP-type level. The Yankees get into the playoffs and, and win the World Series or get to the World Again, I don't know how the season is going to end up, but if they win the World Series or lose in the World Series— that they're going to allow Aaron Judge to walk out the door for a couple of million bucks. I just find that very hard to believe. Now, if somebody offers him $350 million over the next 10 years, you know, maybe if it gets to a point that it's just crazy money, 
or they offer him 400 I don't think he's going to get 400 million, but all right, $400 million for 10 years. All right, fine. Maybe at some point you have to make a business decision that you just don't think that he's going to be worth that as a player, that you can build a team with that money more effectively. Maybe, but can we, can we wait until the – can we enjoy the moment? Do we have to thumbs up, thumbs down on everything and, uh, before we even know how it's going to turn out? All right, so then the other thing that I wanted to bring up was, you know how, like, the Yankees are winning, and it's every single day they're finding a new way to win. Garrett Cole gives up five home runs. <laughs> the first three hitters of the game, home run, home run, home run. He's gone by the end of the third inning. Yankees win the game. Last night, 1-1 game, extra innings. Every inning, they put another, put another runner at second. Nah, it's fine. Put another runner at second. Nah, it's fine. They still win the game. They, win, they find ways to win every single day. And every single day, it seems like somebody's trying to figure out a way. Well, their record is this now. Everybody's trying to find a way to encapsulate just how amazing of a season it's been, either the record or a comparison to 1998. To me, just me, the most impressive thing that the Yankees have done is that they have played at a level where not a single solitary person has called this show in at least a month to say anything negative about Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone has not been called an idiot on this show for at least a month, and he has not been called an idiot on any other show that I've heard. Now, I don't listen to the other shows quite closely as I listen to this one, obviously, but you know what I'm saying. The entire offseason, you couldn't go five minutes if people were talking about the Yankees without somebody saying something about a negative about Aaron Boone. And I will also say this, at least in a month, nobody has called in to say Brian Cashman should be fired. Not a single, do you realize how rare that is? That's amazing. When Brian Cashman gets inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, on his plaque, it should say, for a stretch in 2022, nobody said he should be fired. That's how significant it is. If, if Aaron Boone ever uh, you know, leads the team to a World Series championship and when he retires from managing, they, they induct him into Monument Park, they should have on that monument in 2002, for a stretch, at least a good month or so, nobody in the Yankee fan base called him an idiot. That's more impressive than the record, than the wins, than the pace that they're on, anything. The way they're winning games, doesn't matter. Because all that stuff, I could, I could force, you know, like you could imagine them having this kind of season. We, they had this kind of season in 98. And as surprising as it is, I didn't think that there would ever be a time in my life that we could go a solid month without somebody saying something negative about either Brian Cashman or Aaron Boone. That's impressive, people. I'm just looking for Star's Twitter to see if there's any other updates. They all get a good feel. But I, I, I feel, I mean, look, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe I'm just so deep down in the delusion that I'm, uh, even facts are, I'm impervious to facts. <laughs> they just bounce right off my chest like Superman back in the day. But the fact that he, the Ringo, it does not say that he tested positive for COVID. We got four or five days, right? Maybe not. We'll see. Thursday night, we will find out. The prediction has been made. I think that before the, the Paul McCartney show is over on Thursday, we get an appearance from Ringo Starr. I'm, I'm putting it out there, people.
And it's good to see that other people are kind of putting those pieces together as well. It's not just me. That's what a good conspiracy theory needs. It needs like-minded people to be following along. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Sam is in Rockland. Sam, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon, I was thinking about the Yankees organization and the fact that they didn't spend that money for Aaron Judge. Maybe that motivated him to have such a great season. But also, I was wondering how much extra is he actually going to get, 20 to $40 million, if they go on and win the World Series? And which other team is willing to offer him that much money? I think that goes to say with the Yankees, they've been spending so much money, they just got frustrated to offer Aaron Judge that significant big of a contract. I think that's where the answer lies. Where does the limit, 350 or $400 million for Aaron Judge if they win the World Series? That's it. Oh, well, look, Sam, you know, unfortunately, I I, I got to plead, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, what other teams are going to be interested in Aaron Judge? I, I'm not really sure because, th- yes, there's teams that you can you can draw up in your mind and think to yourself, yeah, that makes logical sense. Like the Giants, people have brought up the Giants. That makes logical sense. I know people have discounted and said that Steve Cohen is not going to to, to start a uh, a bidding war. But let's say the Mets get to the playoffs this year. Clearly, they're a playoff team this year. And for whatever reason, the offense, which has been amazing all year long, just does not click in the postseason. He's a guy who went out and spent as much money as he did on Max Scherzer. Are you thinking now he's going to say to himself, you know what, my offense didn't work. I can't start a bidding war with the Yankees over Aaron Maybe he feels differently about it later on. Maybe this is sandbagging. Maybe this is what he's putting out there now, but later on he'll feel differently. I don't know. I mean, there's no – if you want for the Mets to overtake the town, winning is part of it, but I think that the back page, stealing the back page away, and there would be no bigger move ever, I think, maybe, to steal the the back page than the Mets – Signing the big Yankee, the, the the big Yankee free agent who's coming off the MVP tal- uh, caliber type season. I don't know that there's ever been anything like that. So I don't know what teams are going to be interested in, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with waiting until after the season comes to see, because again, we can make all these predictions right now. But what if teams aren't spending money? I mean, I, I know last off season teams spent a bunch of money, but. In the past few years, it's not like teams have gone out of their way to, to break the bank. And I don't know necessarily that we're going to get to the first day of free agency and all of a sudden Aaron Judge is going to be signing for, for $300 million someplace. Let's wait and see how it goes. Because, again, I think the Yankee offer was just good enough for him to turn down. The offer they made to him was fair, but when you're a guy who has gotten this deep into it, this close to free agency, you're a season away. You want to find out, you know, I want to make, this is, the, this is his one chance that he's probably going to have to cash in and make the, the big-time, life-changing type money. I think that, especially when you're a big union guy like, like Judge is, and you know the union wants a star like him to kind of reset the market, I can see why he wanted to, to, to wait and, and see what else is out there. It makes sense, right? You're only one year away. Now, it's a, it's a bit of a risk because if he does go out and get hurt, the, the entire story changes. And that has been – I think that's one of the reasons why the Yankees were a little cautious about making a bigger offer than they did. They made a fair offer, 
It's one that he could have accepted. He was smart to turn it down. But if he goes out and gets hurt and is missing time, and that's one of the things that cracks me up is that people, oh, it should never have come to this. Well, that's completely revisionist history, completely. Because, again, up until last year, he, he had missed a lot, of, a lot of time. And last year he stayed healthy. That's great. But I think there is value to make sure that, yes, he can stay healthy for another year and have another monster season like he did uh, in 2017. I think it was 2017. That's what you want to see. So for everybody who says, well, he should, they should have had this done before. What, when? In 2020 during the pandemic season when he, he played basically 50% of the games or 2019 where he missed 50, 60 games or the year before that where he missed 50 games or so? So there was no perfect time to get this done. There is no reason to be panicked about it because if he wants to stay here and the Yankees want to keep him, well, then they can certainly work out a deal. I think that from Judge's point of view, and we don't know what he wants. That's another part of this that is completely lost on everybody. Like everybody's like, oh, you should sign up this. You should Maybe he wants more than that. We don't know what his – the Yankees made it clear what their offer was to him. At no point has anybody from Judge's camp made it clear what he is actually looking for, what he's, what's the ballpark. Does he want – what's the most important thing? Total dollars is the most important thing. Per season dollars is the most important thing. Years, we don't know the answer to any of those questions. So the, the, it's really kind of hard to make a judgment when there are so many variables that we just don't know. So when the season ends, we'll know, did Aaron Judge stay healthy? Did the Yankees win the World Series? Did he win the MVP? And then we'll find out who the other competitors are. The good news is there's no budget that the Yankees can't afford. Now, they might make the decision that we can put together a better team not spending that significant amount of our payroll on one player. That might be what ends up happening. Maybe. We'll see. But there's no con- – the Yankees can afford to spend – with anybody and everybody. And if they really want to keep them, they have the ability to keep them. It's not the type of thing where if you're a fan of other teams, oh, this guy's going to price himself out of our market. This is not the Pirates. This is not the A's. This is not a bargain basement team. This is the New York Yankees and all their millions of dollars and billions of dollars and streaming money, all this money. They, they can very well easily afford to sign Aaron Judge if they want to. But you know what? That's way down the road. Let's enjoy the now. Let's not enjoy the future. The future is promised to no one. Let's enjoy the now because the now is awesome. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN.